Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Writing Excuses, Season 2, Episode 8, starring Bob Defendi. Brandon's still not with us. As a matter of fact, I still remember the last thing he said to me, which was, where are you taking me and why can't I open this door? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we are not that smart. I'm Bob. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. And today we're talking about the three-act structure. So... Howard, what is the three-act structure, and is it only useful in movies? Uh, I'll answer the second question first, Bob. Right. Uh, no, it's not only useful in movies. Um, the three-act structure is the... Oh, I need to start the timer, so we're... <laughs> there we go. Now the timer's running. Um, that 45 gave me... minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> because you're in a hurry, and we forgot to start the clock. Um, the, the three-act structure, as, as I outline it, is Act 1, hero sets out to solve a problem, you know, discovers a problem, sets out to solve it. Uh, Act 2, discovers that the problem is not what he thought it was, and it's far bigger than he is. Act 3, he triumphs anyway. All right. Dan, what's your answer to those questions? Um, Do you concur? I concur. Oh, dear. The look on Why Bob's didn't I face. concur? <laughs> the look on Bob's face says we're wrong, Dan. Dang it. Okay, wait. Um, He's doing what Brandon did. Let me did. try to read his mind. Um, oh, that's the most horrifying no, thing I've ever done. <laughs> that's not my thermometer. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Well, let's talk about them. One at a time, then. I'll accept Howard's basic premise. How about that? Thank you. That's very <laughs> generous of you, Bob. <laughs> well, well let's, let's break it down. What do you need to accomplish in each of the acts? Let's talk about Act 1 first. Uh, okay. Dan, what do you need to accomplish in Act 1? What do you need to accomplish in Act 1? Yes. You need to establish who the characters are and what they're trying to do, what conflict they are uh, initially trying to overcome. All right. And about thirty to 45,000 words. All right. About how big of the uh, story is Act One typically? I, guess I was going to guess that it was uh, about a third, maybe a little less than a third. I think in a screenplay they say a quarter. Um, books can be 
a little smaller. Because oftentimes Act One is a little boring. So well, if Act it. One is boring, I think you've done it wrong. Yeah, well, a lot of people try to. One of the jobs of Act One is to establish your setting, and so um, yeah, it can, it can it can drone on a bit. Um, all right, so Act One has to have your dramatic setup, your characters, your setting, um, your inciting action, of course. When does Act One end? I would say, based on my understanding of the format, does anybody else Professor like Defendi. Giving you study materials. <laughs> Act One ends when they try to solve the problem that they think is the problem and totally fail and realize the problem is far, far bigger. That's a good uh, definition. Okay, I would actually say that act one ends with a triumph and the realization that uh, we've, we've won the battle, but we're actually fighting a war. Okay, okay. The, well, uh, uh, other people would say that act one ends with the main character entering a new Luke finding out his parents are dead, and he's going to go off to become a Jedi, or uh, or uh, er, the boy gets his dragon, or uh, okay. the girl finding out that the gold dragon egg is bonded to her. Okay, so Act One is when you leave the Shire. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Some people would say that, and and you hit on one one of the things that I was going to bring up there, Dan, which is that often right at the cusp, it's either at the end of Act One or at the beginning of Act Two. There's a big complication where Everything mm -hmm. just seems well, and, to and the, fall apart. Howard said the same thing. You know, you you've won a battle, but you think you're fighting the war, or the the other way around. I don't, I don't. You've won a battle, and you but you realize you're actually fighting the war. war. That's the word I wanted to say. Um, whether you have just had a big failure or you've just had a small success, either way, you realize that the problem is much bigger than you thought it was. Right. Yeah. Well, at the end of Act One in Star Wars, Luke has had something of a triumph in that he has found Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. they've, they've beaten the sand world. They, Obi-Wan beat the sand person who's beating up on Luke. He's discovered lots of neat things about himself. And then he comes home and realizes the Empire's on his door. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Act 2 then. Look, we're almost at the five-minute mark. Isn't that convenient? Oh, my gracious. Well, it's taken only a fourth of the time to get to the end of talking. <laughs> we cut out all the crap with us actually setting the timer during the podcast. <laughs> well, that was establishing setting. What you oh, guys can't yes. see is Jordan right now is making the fill sign. You know, you're not, <laughs> you're not there yet. You're not there yet. Stretch this one out. Let's, Let's have a little taffy. Actually, I think Jordan's making the I'm playing solitaire sign. Spider solitaire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about Act Two. Um, Act Two. Who likes writing Act Two? Anybody? Oh, I love Act Two. I like Act Two. Do you? Okay, yeah. good. A lot of people call it the blue collar work of uh, storytelling because it's the hardest, it's the most boring to write because you, you've gotten past all the real neat startup stuff and you haven't gotten to all the real neat ending stuff and you just have all that stuff in the middle. Uh, That's you know true. I, and and yeah. I but actually, just this morning, I was speaking in uh, high school and that was the first question I got was, I like writing the beginning, I like writing the ending, but I hate writing the middle. What can I do? So, so, the, that, the, so that's great, because I love the fact that both of you guys like writing I, it. I so like the middle, and that's why. because, well, if you, if you have that problem, then you are suffering from, uh, you're suffering from two problems. One is 
you probably have some world builder's disease right. where it's just very, very interesting to you to build the world and your act one, even though you had fun writing it, I'm not going to have fun reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and your you act- my books. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've listened to one of them and it was wonderful. Um, the, uh, the third act, you know, with all the action sequence in it, well, you like writing the, the car chase, the helicopter chase, the spaceship chase, the mm-hmm. lightsaber duel, whatever. That's fun to write. Um, for me, it is fun taking the characters and exploring their dialogue and having them fight amongst themselves and experience pain. And you got to drag the characters through some, some real grief before you get to act three. And I enjoy setting that up and letting the characters wallow through it. And there's action mm-hmm. and there's adventure and there's, there's got to be intrigue in the three-act format. There's going to be a plot twist. So yeah, I don't we, know if that's the same as intrigue necessarily. We, we talked last week about try-fail cycles. And for me, that's, that's what the second act is there for. Act one establishes things. In act three, they win. Act two is when they try and fail multiple times. So you get to put all kinds of exciting stuff in there. You just have to make sure they yeah. lose. You take the best idea you can think of for how your heroes would save the day, and they try that first, and it blows up in their face. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... That's good writing. That way, writing the third act is really exciting because you have no idea how you're going to get them out of this mess. See, I thought Dan was going to say it was the funnest because that's when you uh, show the slow, inevitable descent of the madness of one of the characters. <laughs> well, my, my characters actually begin the book insane, so Well, I figure that there's got to be different. Some, some, some tertiary character that they drag down <laughs> they with them. They drag down with them. <laughs> Yeah, um, you, you have read my books. <laughs> you know, beginning, beginning the book insane, that's, that's like Douglas Adams beginning the trilogy by blowing up the earth. He said he shouldn't have done it. Well. That's why he brought it back later. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was an even worse decision. Uh, this week's Writing Excuses is brought to you by Bob Defendi, maker of fine recital thermometers and recorder of a brilliant podcast book thingy. Bob, you want to tell us about it? It's called Death by Cliché. It is a thinly veiled uh, uh, exploration of the madness inside my head. You can find it. It's a free audiobook, and you can download it at playtesting.net. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, what kind of things need to happen in Act 2 to keep it uh, interesting besides what we've talked about before? Like structure-wise, what what needs to happen in Act 2? I thought we had everything in there. Oh, wise Defendi, please tell us. Uh, <laughs> well, I think we talked a little bit. Dan's over there making, yeah. <laughs> Different Dan. What does that mean? I think that's... Mean? <laughs> anyway, um, I, well, we talked a little bit earlier about having a complication um, right around the beginning, either at the end of the last act or the beginning of this one. Of course, uh, most people expect a twist in the middle of the story. Um, Star Wars, great example. You think that they're um, running off and having a great old uh, time, and then you think that, well, maybe we, this is a story about escaping the Death Star, and you find out, well, no, it's really a story about rescuing the princess. Uh, that's, uh, I would say, probably the Act Two twist in, uh, in uh, Star Wars. Um, the Act Two twist in uh, Jaws is probably when uh, Quint smashes the radio. 
and says, no, you're not going back home. <laughs> this is where you're living for the rest of this story. <laughs> you know, we could do an entire podcast on why Jaws is like the most awesome story ever. I, I it's could. my favorite movie of all time. I could, I could, yeah. yeah. You've seen the, the bit from uh, the, the Jaws special edition. Uh, George Lucas uh, got a letter from Steven Spielberg when Star Wars came out and smashed all the records that Jaws had set a couple of years earlier. And there was a picture that he'd scribbled of a uh, uh, X-wing fighter blowing up a shark. As I was thinking of you across the Yeah, board. something like that. Congratulations, George. Um, <laughs> and so, and uh, the end of Act uh, Act Two often has a reveal that takes us into who's the bad guy, who, what, what is the real story? The big reveal. Oh, and there may, if the it's plans a... or the plans to the Death Star. Yeah. Or that he has blonde hair. Dun, that dun, might, dun, be, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> might not be quite as strong, but the <laughs> <laughs> so um, or this dude has six fingers. So how do we keep Act Ooh. Two? We've already talked about some. What are some other ways to keep Act Two interesting? Um, how do you how do you pace it? I guess is what how I'm. Do you pace looking. Act Two? Yes. It, you know what? Anytime the characters are talking too much, it's time for another disaster. Mm-hmm. The Ron Howard method, if. Um, if you get stuck, have somebody fall down. If you really get stuck, pan to the baby. <laughs> I, uh, I remember from, I, I believe it was a Palladium Books Game Master guide that I uh, read. So it was about talking about how to design role-playing adventures. And it said that uh, a great way to GM a game is whenever things get slow, have a bad guy kick down the door. And I, always, I think that applies to writing as well. Anytime it starts to get slow, you don't know what happens next. Somebody kicks down the door. Well, and those are situations where you're not forcing the plot on the characters by making the characters behave out of character. Mm -hmm. You're forcing the plot on the characters by introducing an external influence that hopefully you foreshadowed in some way. Yeah. And that's a perfect way to Or that you will go back and foreshadow track. later. You will go rewrite. back and foreshadow during a rewrite. And I think what we're Luxury. Talking about, <laughs> <laughs> I think what we're talking about here are uh, mini climaxes. I remember yeah. my mm -hmm. teacher in second grade had the dramatic chart up on the wall that we had to follow, and there were all the little tiny climaxes and the looked like the Dow Jones, you know, in a in a in a bull market, slowly going up and down and up and down up and down until you got to the climax. Um, bull market, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah, I think we're in Act Two right now, aren't we? <laughs> well, a lot of those uh, little mini ah. climaxes. Thank you, Howard. <laughs> Go on. What, what did I do? Oh, uh, what, he just reminded me of something, but let's finish your thought. Oh, I was just going to say a lot of those little mini climaxes, again, can be the characters thinking they're going to solve the problem. I, I think that can often be a great way to do a plot twist to provide tension is uh, to make your characters think that they're a lot smarter than they are. They're about to win, and then they don't over and over. And I was going to say what you just reminded me of, Howard, is that uh, often in Act 2, sometimes you'll see in Act 3, but often Act 2 is when the main character hits rock bottom. Yes. And uh, I remember... Disney I was... movies. Act 2 is where the main character is discovered as having lied to all of his friends. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Usually either at the twist or toward the end. Right. I, I, I remember at one point uh, I was in a writer's group and this one guy who had me completely pegged. His name was Dave. Somebody said, well, I feel like we're right about to go into the climax. And Dave goes, we're not about to go into the climax. This is on my book. And they said... How do you know? This, this character hasn't hit rock bottom yet. <laughs> you think this is rock bottom, but he's not rock bottom yet. <laughs> now, uh, let's uh, point out 
um, once again, this is, this is a case where, you know, the character is exposed. That's a, a thing where you see all the time in movies where the character gets exposed as a liar and everyone decides that they hate them. Yeah. Even mm -hmm. though two lines of dialogue would solve that problem. Yeah. And that's a case where you, you can tell, you can that's watch wrong. the writers letting the plot drive their characters right. rather than the other way around. Because they're looking at their little diagram saying, oh, this is the place where he gets exposed and everyone hates him. But in a situation where two lines of dialogue would solve the problem, the character is exposed, we're about to get the two lines of dialogue, and then somebody kicks down the door and we mm -hmm. start Act 3. Yeah. I'm, I'm waving the timer and uh, about to talk about, say Act oh, 3. Act 3. Act 3. <laughs> act three. What do we have to do talk about Act 3? What has to happen in Act 3? Got to wrap it up. Eventually. What has to happen before? <laughs> <laughs> um, act, something has to happen at the end of Act 2, beginning of Act 3, that teaches the hero what he or she needs to do to win. Some aspect of their failure or progress or ha has taught them the lesson they need to learn in order to win at the end. Yeah, we have to That's stick, we have to stick learn into Do the try-fail cycle. let the character know it at the beginning of Act 3? Not necessarily. That's, that's a good answer, I think. <laughs> sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but I think it's better if you go through... They have that aha moment. Act 3, most of Act 3, thinking this is just unwinnable. Yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden you realize that And then they go, right. wait, I remember wait. I learned that thing back we there the that monkeys are allergic to Antioch. cheese, and then they win. Exactly. Monkeys are allergic to cheese. That should have been... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then um, at the very end, the denouement, where you wrap everything up. Um, yeah, everything that you've foreshadowed needs to have... Uh, needs to have... Unfolded. How do, keep, how do you keep things interesting during the climax part uh, as quick as you can? Um, <laughs> how, do you, how do you build your tension? What do you? What do you? What? If you're running teams? multiple multiple plot lines, if you're running, you know, a hero's journey and a romance and a three disaster sort of format, then you need to be switching between viewpoints so that these things are all cascading at once. And all of them end badly. And all of them end, hopefully, well. No, I mean in the middle. When you're switching back and forth. Oh yeah, yes, yes. E each each switch happens not at a triumph, but at uh, greater and greater peril. Right. Okay. Great. All right. And then we have Denouement, and we're out, which takes us to the Denouement of the broadcast, I think. Here, very quickly, for oh, us, define prompt. Denouement for those who don't. Oh, Denouement know is the fall. It's the falling action after you have your climax. <laughs> you have mm -hmm. your Denouement. Denouement is when the characters get to wander through the devastation or the glory or whatever they've wrought and have an emotional impact on it. Because they didn't have an emotional yeah. impact during the climax. <laughs> the denouement is the last the very half end hour. Of Slither. When yeah. the sun comes up in Slither and the three survivors are walking out of town and everybody is dead. It's two seconds longer than Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little longer, but it's just long enough for them to go, okay, let's paddle back to shore. You know, okay. they... Yes. Okay. This is this is more of an outlining prompt. Outlining prompt. Your outlining prompt for this time is to sit down and plot out very basic uh, three-act structure, either for what you're already working on, if it doesn't have one, or for an entirely new idea. All right. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.